Good morning. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can find out all about them by hitting their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. You can also listen to old shows there and ask a, uh, a question. Just use their listener inquiry button. And, of course, uh, you can always call, leave a message at 905-529-7165. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you. Hey, Scott. Good morning. morning. Did everybody have a great summer? Yes. Lovely summer. Lovely summer. Winter was beautiful. It's a beautiful winter summer. (laughs) (laughs) I think partly it was like you got that cold July and you kind of condensed summer there. That's right. It's a beautiful four-season summer. I never thought of it. Yeah, almost was. It's a true Canadian summer when you can experience all four seasons during it. It's amazing. I've been hearing people say they've been seeing leaves turning up north a couple of weeks ago, like back in mid-July. Or mid-August, I mean. Well, they're lucky they even had leaves on the trees. Mine never got past the bud stage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we never got there. Uh, didn't hit summer yet. That's We're right. still waiting. Yeah. yeah, it feels like it's tax time already, no? Uh, yeah, it's right. too early for that, I guess. Uh, thankfully not. It's never too late. It's never too early. That's right. tax always planning, be planning. Always there. Always plan for it. <laughs> so I'm uh, going to start out with uh, changes, possible changes, proposed changes coming to small business. Yeah, there's a, a lot of backlash. I know the uh, Liberal MPs are getting inundated with emails and yeah. phone calls, and, and uh, rightfully so. You know, they... They're, they've made some changes that uh, really three major changes that um, Bill, um, Bill Marneau is looking at making these changes. And it's the first one being sprinkling of income using private corporations. Okay. And I'll, I'll go on each one in, in detail later. Holding passive investments inside your investment portfolio within the corporation. And also the third one being converting private corporation regular income into capital gains. And so he wrote this 61-page basic proposal. And the first line probably got me going right off the get-go here. The first line says, we want to cut taxes on the middle class and raise them on the richest Canadians. And, you know, I think to the most part, a lot of people, particularly the ones that are doing well, you know, they've worked very hard to get there. They're feeling like they're already paying a lot of tax already. And I can see why. In fact... I wouldn't even call it high because apparently uh, middle class is up to about $90,000. That's about the middle class. They had this change in middle class. So what they did, they lowered the middle class tax rate a year ago from by 1.5%. Right. But then they raised it for any income earners over 200000 by 4%. Right. So already they're saying, okay, these, you know, the doctors, the lawyers, the small business, the successful small business owners mm-hmm. and are saying, okay, well, we're paying a lot of tax. So I actually worked it out though. So if you, uh, you know, look at an income tax and you say, well, I'm making um, 87000 a year, that would be considered middle class. I would pay about 20 grand in income tax, not quite, 19965 so about 22% of your income end up going to income tax. Mm-hmm. And you end up keeping $68,000. So now some of you making 220000 they end up paying 81000 income in income tax. So they're paying four times more yeah. income tax than that $87,000 income earner. And they end up paying 37% of all their income to income tax. So the whole idea of marginal tax rates is that as you pay, as you earn more, you're paying even a higher percentage. Right. And so that's the idea. And, and so they, they keep throwing out this idea of we want to make sure that the wealthy 
are paying their fair share. Yeah, that's he, how they're selling it. They're yeah. selling it over and over and over again. Are their fair share? And what is Clay actually doing? Is creating this class warfare. They're actually starting to say, "Well, we don't. Rich is rich or wealthy or successful is now becoming a bad word." Yeah. And it's really getting it's grading the people that are entrepreneurs, um, taking the risks, hiring employees, doing all the things that need to be done to to run a business. So. In amongst this, then they throw in this new proposal. And so the idea of sprinkling income was uh, you, right now in a, in a private corporation, the, it's, it's a very low tax rate. So there's a big advantage in putting your money through a private corporation. It's 15%. Right. So let's say you're uh, a small business owner and you made $200,000. And you could live off the 100. So you paid yourself 100,000, paid tax on it, and you left the other 100 in the corporation. Well, the second hundred that you, or the hundred that went in the corporation, you only paid fifteen percent tax on. Yeah. And but you can't get to that money. You can't really do much with right. it. It's kind of a buffer because you also have to realize that the small business owner doesn't contribute to unemployment insurance or employment insurance rather. Mm-hmm. So if there's a slowdown of any sort, they need a buffer anyway. Mm-hmm. So they need this money there. That's one thing. So in case they do need it for an emergency, it's there. Or they want to increase their business, hire another employee, right. or, or change offices or buy equipment. It's nice to have extra money there. And there's no rule of thumb. Like you, you may go years without touching it, but all of a sudden, wow, I needed it that year. Thank God I had that there. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's going to bail you out. You try to get a loan from the bank when you're doing poorly. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to. Yeah. So this whole idea of sprinkling income using private corporations is a great benefit for those ones that never need the money. So the 100 grand sits there and it grows. And one thing you can do with sprinkling though, is you say, well, my kids are now over the age of 18 and they're going to university. I'm gonna move some of that money to their income tax bracket, which is generally not very much. Mm -hmm. It gives you a little bit of a, it's definitely a benefit, no question. So it's a benefit for being incorporated. So they've sold this as we're taxing the rich but really yeah. what they're doing is they're taking away loopholes that are helping small business. Right, and the, and the idea of loopholes, that's the other thing, they keep calling it loopholes, and yeah. that has a negative connotation too. Yeah. They actually created these. Yeah. These are legal, and they actually made these way back they're to- They're called deductions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, they're selling them as loopholes. You're absolutely right, Scott. And, and this is where doctors are extremely um, upset about this. Yeah, they're really angry. Oh, as they should be. Yeah. You know, they've taken... And this has flown under the radar. Most people oh, don't know this is going on. Exactly. Yeah, the they're, average they're busy Joe, appeasing the teachers, but the doctors are just oh, ripe for, uh, for a fight. Well, you know, I, I've got a couple doctor clients, and some have just graduated. They have a ton of debt. Yeah. They've taken a massive education risk to get to where they are. Yeah. So they've got all this education. They may have never made it, become a doctor. So all that time for nothing, right? Yeah. So they finally get to it, massive risk. And, you know, if anybody deserves a pretty good pay, I would think it would be a doctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely don't. If they make a half million a year, good for them. You yeah. know, they deserve it. Smart, worked hard, educated, did yeah. all the right things. Um, but one of the things for years, the Ontario government and other governments have been vigorously encouraging them to incorporate. Mm-hmm. It was always this thing that yeah. you should incorporate and even giving them seminars and even tax tips on how to use these rules to their advantage right. because they were taking off, they're decreasing their fees. Yeah. So he said, well, you can incorporate right. as this advantage, right. but we're decreasing your fees, but at least you'll still be better off. Mm-hmm. And so this was always in the background. Okay, well, I guess I can still put up with this. At least I got the advantage of incorporating. Well, now they're looking at fresh eyes without even having any of that history and saying, okay, now 
It's simply, uh, I they're not there. There's a loophole. Yeah. These wealthy people are just cheating the system. Yeah. And this is really, it's it's really hurt them on a moral level. Um, business people that are, work super hard, and in docs for that matter too. Mm-hmm. And generally, these people just don't aren't given this money. It's not a free ride. No. And it's extremely. It's with a lot of work. And yes, it is an advantage. If you just look at it with with nothing behind it, mm-hmm. with no history, it looks like an advantage. But I can see why the doc's particularly upset. Well, they're always telling you about how much the doctors are making, this, that, and the other. But again, they're not looking at it like these are small business people, Absolutely. and they have staff and buildings and things that all that all of that has to pay for. That's not their salary. Right. They don't get if they, they don't get EI. They mm-hmm. they have to contribute both sides of the Canada Pension yeah. Plan. They probably will never collect the um, old age security mm-hmm. if they were truly. Um, civil servants, then they should get a pension. Yeah. Okay. They should get staffed. Mm -hmm. They should make whatever amount of money, have a guaranteed pension like a teacher, a police officer, somebody else. But this is, in lieu of that, they have this instead. Right. right. So the idea of sprinkling income between their kids and their their spouse is is a very good way to reduce your taxes. Mm -hmm. And trust me, they're already paying their fair share. And again, I don't want to just say with doctors, I'm saying all small business people too. Okay. Now, holding passive income, if you're making a good salary, RSPs are a very good way to you know reduce your income tax. It's mm-hmm. illegal; everybody uses it. Right. Okay, um, but if you're making a very good salary, it will not replace your income when you retire. Mm-hmm. It'll give you it will replace somebody that says makes about a hundred thousand a year, hundred twenty thousand a year. But if you're making two fifty, you're still going to get a pot of money that will give you an income as if you're making a little over a hundred thousand a year. Mm-hmm. So you need to find a place to put that extra money. So you don't take this drop in lifestyle when you retire. Holding these investments inside the corporation are a fantastic way of doing this. So you pay the 15% tax, you let it sit there and it grows and it, and it, it ends up being like a second tier of your retirement plan. Right. Well now what they're looking at doing is any money that goes through the corporation it, and, and I'm not quite sure. They haven't come up with the actual rules, but they're looking at taxing as if you just received it. So I don't know how much you can put in the corporation. They may say, oh, you can't put any more than 100000 a year or whatever the amount is. But whatever it is, they're just going to add it to your income. So essentially, instead of, why even have the corporation? You just might as well pay yourself a bigger salary. Right. And, mm-hmm. and they're saying, well, that's fair because so-and-so, he makes 300000 a year and he has to pay this much tax. And he's not incorporated, so there shouldn't be an advantage. Again, is that person who's self-employed, he took a lot more risk. There's yeah. so many other factors, yeah. Yeah. and they're ignoring those factors. That's the part that's really irritating. And I can see why people are going down on these MPs and really causing a lot of trouble. And, and again, not to mention, they should encourage entrepreneurship. So they've seen this massive increase, and they say massive increase, in um, a number of corporations coming about. Well, it went up by from 1.2 million to 1.8 million over 14 years. So that's only like a 3% increase per year. Mm-hmm. They're selling it like there's this massive increase. Like they're just inundated with uh, private yeah. corporations every day. Sure. And that's a good sign of growth. Yeah. The economy is growing anyway, and it should go up by at least the, the same amount as the growth rate of Canada, maybe a bit more. I know other like doctors, there might be a 4% growth rate of number of corporations. But again, the way they're spinning it, it's all about turning the you know the wealthier people well deserved wealth I, and and I don't I, 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 you want wealthy people mm-hmm. um, you want people to do well you want that incentive but you shouldn't deter it and make it sound like they're the bad guys yeah. and that's kind of what's going on and finally the last one 
it's converting private corporation regular in- income into capital gains. If anything was a slight loophole, maybe that's the one because it's capital gains are taxed at half the rate of, of normal income. So instead of paying 50% tax on interest, you pay 25% tax on capital gains. So of those three, that one's the least used, mm-hmm. okay? But the other two are, are used all the time and it's there as security of keeping money in the corporation, giving them a, some tax relief because they are paying. And it's absolutely, it's a bonus, yeah. but they don't get a lot of other things. And the biggest one, and, I, and I'd like to touch on after, is looking between the private sector and the public sector, there's some massive, if you want to call loopholes, look at the pensions, mm-hmm. and you'll see some loopholes in the rules that are currently there. And they could get, the federal government could get far more money, far more, a lot more money out of, out of those so-called loopholes than they can out of the corporations. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. I'm Scott Thompson. You can call now and leave a message for them at 905-529-7165. And check out the website, andyanddon.com. You can listen to old shows there. And, of course, ask a question via the listener inquiry button. Going to talk about pensions, public pensions this time out. Yes, and, and kind of uh, to piggyback with all these changes with the small business, mm-hmm. you know, one, one big advantage on the public section, sector is the pensions. Right. And we're finding that most, um, they're kind of gone the way of the dodo birds, yeah. to be honest. And really it's the public sector that are keeping these kind of, as they would call, Cadillac pensions because mm-hmm. you get a defined benefit plan. And I just for interest's sake, I took... Harper's pension mm-hmm. now that he's a yeah. retired prime minister mm-hmm. and he's getting 127,000 a year pension. Nice. At 55. Now they did change the rules starting 2016 that a full pension doesn't start till you're 65. Mm-hmm. And these were things that he actually wanted to put through years ago saying right. it wasn't fair. Right. Now he got under the old regime, mind you, but I'm not dissing his pension. I'm just saying he's getting 127,000 a year. Now, if you're a small business person and you built up enough wealth to have that pension, the biggest difference is you can't split it. If you have that much in RSPs, and for example, and you have an income of 127,000 a year out of it, you have to wait till you're 65 to be able to split that with you and your spouse, mm-hmm. okay? And by the way, she has to be, or he or she has to be, the 65 or older also. Right. Well, with the public sector or any defined benefit plan, doesn't have to be public sector, you can split that pension so half goes to one spouse and half goes to the other. So I, I did a scenario of 127,000 year pension, if he was single and he couldn't split it, he'd pay 36,600 in tax. He'd end up with a little over 90 grand. Mm -hmm. Because he can split it, now he's got 63,500 each in him and his wife's name. 12,300 goes to tax. He ends up with 51,000 each times two is 102,000. So the difference in tax savings because he can split the Mm -hmm. pension is a 12 grand a year. Wow. Okay. And that's something that cannot be done on the private side. So a small business owner cannot do that. Right. And there's $12,000. Now, this is where they've generally been very good with um, trying to make RSPs and pensions the same mm-hmm. so that you can't create more income on one versus the other. But here's a definite tax loophole, if you will, that is not fair, where people that because they work for a company that has a defined benefit plan get far better um, perks in mm-hmm. the fact you can income split than one that's just running their own small business. Now, on top of that, let's say 
and I have no idea how old his wife was. I didn't Google that. But let's say it's a five years age difference. Well, normally you have to wait for both spouses at 65. Well, in his case, because he's able to split his pension, he's, they're both their incomes are at 63,500. And there's this OAS clawback. It starts about 75,000, where you end up with no old age security at all at 121,000. You lose it all. Mm. So at 75,000, you lose 15 cents on the dollar. Well, because he gets to split it, he hit 65, he's still getting his old age security. Mm -hmm. So he gets his OES, full pension, gets to split it, and that adds um, another, because of after tax, another uh, $4,800 a year that he gets because from the government after tax mm -hmm. in the old age security. So in total, when he does get to 65, this benefit of income splitting results in about 17,000 a year in tax savings. Mm. And again, I'm just saying we should probably, if, if there was one thing that could be fair is, well, why don't we make the RSP rules the same way? If we want to split it and we, you know, I want to retire at 60, then why not, why not be able to get an income of say 30,000 a year and put 15,000 my spouse's name, 15,000 my name, right. just as they do in the public sector. So there is, again, other advantages that I know, uh, you know, Bill Marneau is not looking at. He seems to be focusing so much on the on the small businessmen, but it's kind of interesting. His own pension, he has a lot more perks than the small businessmen do. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing too, is you, you could actually do the opposite of what you're saying too and just take away income splitting for anybody under the age of 65. Yeah. So that makes it uh, a level playing field for everybody. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and this is where, you know, the public pension system, which provides an income, a monthly income for life, starting once you retire, age 55, any of those uh, defined benefit pension plan incomes can be split under the age of 65, but the same rules don't apply if you were just building up an RSP, converted it to a RIF, mm -hmm. and started taking a monthly income from that. You have to wait till age 65 right, right. before you can split that. Right. So it would uh, probably upset a lot of people oh, that, are, that are currently- <laughs> The teachers. That retired uh, before mm -hmm. age 65 and have been uh, taking advantage of the pension splitting, uh, but all the rest of us, who don't have access to a defined benefit pension plan, we all have to wait till 65. That is a little odd, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, it, and again, I'm not suggesting they're making this rule because they, they happen to have a defined benefit plan, Right. but it certainly it looks biased. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're, gonna, we're talking about retirement and sort of the concept around that. And, and one of the articles I read this summer was, it was entitled uh, The Myths and Mistakes of Retirement. And I just wanted to highlight some of the, some of the key things that jumped out of, out of me from that. And, uh, you know, everybody has, when we sit down with a, with a client and, uh, or a prospective client, everybody's financial goals are different and their priorities are different. But inevitably, you know, everybody wants to think about how can I save tax or, um, you know, how can I protect my estate? But everybody usually universally asks us, how do I protect or create a retirement for myself? Yeah. And we kind of call it, you're creating your retirement paycheck. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, and for many people, the problem I think, or the issues around retirement is that it's really about saving or giving up something in the short term with, for, the, for the prospect of something later down the road. Right. And so it's easy for us in our short-term sort of thinking to, uh, to avoid it. 
to to put it aside because it seems like there's a a lot of time, and then you always get that sort of the angle. Well, if I don't live long enough, I haven't. Uh, you know, I'm going to spend my money now. Right. Who knows? I could be dead at at sixty. So there's that side of it as well. But um, so I think if, when I think about some of the pitfalls and the miss some mistakes, the first one that I think of today is that oh, the, which I'll call a myth that retirement begins at sixty five, hmm. and in the days of my parents, and probably your parents mm-hmm. too, that was the magic number mm-hmm. for many people. Age 65 was talked about in the government. Of course, old age security was centered around that as well. And um, But retirement today is much different. We're going to call it more of a phased retirement. It's, it's unlikely to be a drop-dead date, although it still right. can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think the that when you think about that living at retirement in years ago, Many people didn't live that long. No. The average age after you retired was, you know, if you get ten years, maybe fifteen years yeah. of retirement. Mm-hmm. So, the uh, the first I would thing I would say then the myth is retirement starts at sixty five, and really we were living longer. Mm-hmm. So phased retirements are allowing people to sort of get a better handle on what it's costing them to live and their lifestyle. Uh, we see a lot of people that are working part time, mm-hmm. so they're although they may have retired from something, they might continue to to work at a reduced number of hours, or they're working part time. Great idea too. Yeah, and maybe yeah. they or yeah. maybe they've gone into a consulting type of situation mm-hmm. where they're coming back for a contract period where they work for two or three months on a project, and then they're then they're out of it and, yeah. and doing their retirement thing. I wonder how much of that is choice. Or just perhaps they're downsized or this, and then as a result have to change careers yes, at the yeah, last minute yes. and decide to do it that way. Well, that's, I think, the new retirement and, and the, the myth around this is that it's become very fluid now. Yeah. It's not a, it's not necessarily a drop-dead date, and it's it's in many ways sometimes we have less control over it than mm-hmm. we may have in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers were sort of laid out for us previously when you worked under a defined benefit pension plan, you got X amount per year of service, blah, blah, blah. Blah, but uh, that doesn't exist well, anymore. Definitely part of any of my plans that I have, If a lot of times people say, I'll just work part-time, and that makes a drastic difference mm-hmm. in the success of the retirement plan. Yeah. They don't even have to work that much. Yeah. An extra ten or 15000 a year yeah. makes a significant difference to make sure those assets never run out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with the lower interest rates today, yeah. a lot of a lot of seniors, and, and right, they, they enjoy it. They're yeah. working at something they enjoy doing, some hobby they like, and they're making a few extra dollars, and yeah. it does a great job for their retirement plan. <laughs> I had a client retire, and part of the plan was working part-time as well. So I think we had a six-month conversation. I said, so what are you, are you doing? What are you doing? Did you get that part? No, you know, I've been enjoying. This has been pretty good, the <laughs> retirement. You know, I really, I haven't I quite, me falling I haven't category. found something yeah. yet. I'm going, well, okay, yeah. but you know. <laughs> we did so we did count on you earning x amount during once you retired yeah. and at the end of the year so how's that part well i've sort of been enjoying just traveling and there's been other things i haven't got a job yet so <laughs> so it's there's there, there is that and i think uh so it becomes incumbent on us to try and uh, put together or put a, f- a picture in front of somebody to say, yes, if you don't work, here's what it's going to look like in right. terms of lifestyle versus if you are working part-time. Um, and so we talk about longevity today. The average male used to live about, you know, spend about 22 years of retirement and a woman was about uh, three years more at 25. Mm-hmm. But uh, today I think the primary risk in terms of that, what, when do I retire, is the fact that we're living longer, yeah. longevity. And uh, so our second myth is that the government will provide. Hmm. And 
this particular because they, all, because they always do. <laughs> That's right. And this particularly gets centered around uh, the discussion in terms of healthcare in particular. Mm-hmm. We feel that there's a government system in place, it's a universal healthcare system and that we're going to be looked after. And for many of us during the the phase as we've been accumulating towards retirement, health hasn't been a big financial burden. You know, we've had ongoing costs, maybe uh, if it's uh, our dental, mm-hmm. it might be some other, but a lot of that might be covered through part of your plan at work, right. et cetera. And once you retire, then all of that now falls onto your shoulders yeah. in terms of your financial burden. So there's a lot of unplanned expenses, um, particularly as you get older, increased health costs that come along. Uh, it could be assisted care. It could be long-term care. It could be major home repairs that are required. Yeah. It could be our adult children coming back to us for for assistance or a subsidy or a loan. And um, so the, I guess the, so the biggest myth in that is that don't count on the government to continue to provide that much support. I think it's going to be an evolution where more and more of us as individuals are going to have to foot the bill, particularly mm-hmm. on that health care mm-hmm. area. Um, myth number three if I begin late, I can catch up. <laughs> Don's laughing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think if I'm I too close late, to I this conversation. Up. I've heard these too often. So I, know, I, I, I do know. find them quite hilarious, actually. But anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and that conversation usually centers around you know, somebody who has sort of put, off, put it off in the process mm-hmm. and now rationalizing, how do I get to, and it could be a magic number. So they might in their head think, well, I'm going to just, work, I'm going to save really hard. And once I hit a million bucks, that's it. I'm going to be able to go. They've got yes. a number in their head. And, but more often than not, what ends up happening is that there's an unrealistic expectation about rates of return. So they're looking at if I'm putting away X amount of money and I get, you know, 10% or 12% or, or 8%, you know, whatever the number is they pick, um, they're, it's typically, they tend to be more aggressive in terms of what the rate of return will be to make the numbers work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's that comes with a lot of risk in the sense that two ways, number one, uh, to have that much rate of return, you're going to be accepting a lot of volatility, yeah. a lot of volatility. It'd be easy, easily, your portfolio could swing by 30 to 40% in a given year yeah. to be able to achieve that Different kind of time. rate of return. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, that I think for really what happens is, is that they, they don't have an investment process in place and most people don't. So the key to starting late is you still have to have an investment process in place. How much are we going to put away? How is it going to be allocated? And, uh, and then we can work to see what kind of lifestyle that can generate. And then we get into my first myth, which was retired at 65. Maybe it ends up being a phased retirement or something else. I'm not going to say it's never too late. There's always mm-hmm. a way to, to build something with what you have. But starting early is absolutely key. And uh, don't believe that oh, I can just keep putting it off and I'll be able to catch something up. Something we should <clears> instill <throat> into our kids. Absolutely. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and probably we go back right from you know both of us over 30 years in this business. It's always been the number one hindrance to a comfortable retirement procrastination, yep. putting it I off, agree. Mm-hmm. and that, you know, even if five years makes a drastic difference on how much money you can accumulate, mm-hmm. or you have to put another 50% more per month or per year yeah. to make up for that, and, and that normally doesn't happen. Yeah. So, That's yeah, right. so it's never too late, but boy, does it make it easier if you start early. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, a mistake, 
big mistake, I think, is investing too conservatively. And this is particularly as you're thinking about you're heading into retirement or you're already in retirement. And that when when you start to look at how much inflation is impacting your money, how much taxation is impacting the growth on your money, you really end up with a situation where if you go with low risk, low return investments, the GICs, fixed income investments, that you're creating a negative real return. And a negative real return means that every year you're losing ground because of taxation and inflation. And you combine that with uh, a longevity risk on top of it, and it becomes quickly, it could become apparent that the lifestyle you're leading is not sustainable and you really have to ratchet down what you're spending in order to make your money last, Mm. right? Uh, so normally what we think about is in this area as well is the sequence of return issue and the sequence of return is something where people, as you, the first year you retired, if you had $500,000 and the stock market went down by 20% and you've lost a hundred thousand dollars, can you make that up? Are you still able to, to draw out money from your portfolio and get that money back? And is it, what are the odds of it not coming back as well? So there's a lot of different approaches to dealing with sequence of returns or, and, and really to help people avoid being too conservative. Uh, and one strategy is called the tiered approach. And the tiered approach is where you look at your first five years of retirement and you have safer, more secure investments that we talked about, those conservative ones that would allow you to fund your retirement for, say, the first five years. The next five years, so the fifth to the tenth year, could be a combination of stocks and fixed income, so a balanced approach. And anything beyond ten years would be all stocks because you've now given yourself enough window to allow the variances of the market to unwind in in a cycle in the economy, whether it's a recession, et cetera, and 10 years is safe. So that's just one example of how we might approach it or different ways that people can approach and help you still think about being safe with your investments, but not being too conservative. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now, leave a message at 905-529-7165. They will get back to you. And don't forget to check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. Call now, leave a message. They'll return your call at 905-529-7165. Don't forget the website, andyanddon.com. You can listen to old shows and ask a question there via the listener inquiry button. Talking about the myths and mistakes about retirement. Uh, I love this myth. My inheritance is my retirement plan. Uh, and you Does know, mom it's and dad often, know? Well, you know, what's interesting about our process is we sort of unfold with somebody in terms of understanding their current financial position, and we have a snapshot. This is what your net worth looks like today. And we begin to do their retirement planning. You know, usually at some point in the conversation, somebody say, well, my husband or my wife, I, they might be expecting an inheritance. Mm. Oh, okay. So what, how much is that going to be? Oh, it'll be at least, you know, 250,000 or 500,000 or a hundred, you know, there's a number that gets thrown sure. out. And, um, so now as a planner, we're thinking, 
I don't want to bust your balloon here, <laughs> but um, you know we're going to do two plans. We're going to do one that includes the inheritance yeah. and one that excludes. And the do inheritance. many know their inheritance beforehand? Do, do they the have a number, say, do, but do the parents say, "Okay, here is your number," or is it just a number they come up with? It's a number they come up with, right? And it's usually, you know, in today's environment, it typically is the value of the real estate, yeah, the house, which yeah. everybody kind of has an mm-hmm. idea about. And right. you know, I've got, you know, I'm an only child or I've got 10 siblings and divided by 10, this is what I might end up with. Uh, So the the myth behind that obviously is that, you know, there's a couple of, there's a whole bunch of factors. You know, parents are spending more. Mm -hmm. We see that more and more often today where there was a mentality about accruing capital and passing on an estate, you know, and, and today many of the retirees are thinking more about spending it on themselves, you know, and, and, I rightfully so, be, and my theory behind that is that if you've invested the time and effort and money to raise your children, raise a family, and and they become successful, that was your investment and that was your inheritance. Yeah, good point. And the second part of that is if your parents have looked after themselves financially, if they've done it well enough so that you never have to be a burden, they're not coming to you for help. Yeah, yeah. That's well, the second bonus that's that they've a good done. Point. Very good point. So mm-hmm. now you've got really those two pieces of the puzzle. If you've had that benefit growing up, the inheritance, well, yeah. if it happens, yeah. it happens. So they're spending more. There's no doubt about it. And Living then you're also longer. Getting longevity, as you're yeah. probably just about to say. And yeah. I look the longevity at even risk. My, my grandparents both lived in 94. Mm. Well, that means my dad was 70. So I was just saying, you get his retirement yeah. <laughs> So his, uh, freedom 70, right? That's <laughs> yeah. when he would get his inheritance. And, and uh, they lived a great life too. And they basically uh. what Andy said, there's you know, a little bit of money with real estate, but split up with sisters and brothers yeah. and so forth. It, it didn't add up too much. And again, you, you, don't, you want your parents to live a long sure. life, right? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. they deserve it. And what if one remarries? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And that really puts a curveball. And I did have one person relying on their inheritance when their 65 year old dad married a 55 year old woman. And, uh, so and much for that. So much for that inheritance plan. So <laughs> <laughs> lots of problems with planning using an inheritance as part of your financial plan. Well, and, and then you ha- I, uh, the other thing which we look at, of course, would be birth order. So if, you're, if your parents got married at 25 and had kids right away, and if they live till 95, then that's your, you know, you, or you could be the 70, <laughs> the 70 yes. year old, right? Yeah. Yes. Or if, you, if, if they had kids over a period of 10 years, you could be the 65-year-old. Yeah. Or sorry, the 60-year-old. Yeah. So you might be the 60-year-old inheriting money yeah. or you might be a 70-year-old yeah, inheriting sure. money. Yeah. And that makes a difference in terms of your birth order yeah. as well. Uh, so a lot of uncertainty when it comes to inheritance, retirement plan, living longer. Parents, uh, and a lot of times we're seeing people retiring with debt today. Mm-hmm. So even though you think that there's a house there that may be part of your inheritance, by the time you look at what debt has to be paid off before yeah. they retire, mm-hmm. that also includes uh, a new phenomenon, more so reverse mortgages. Mm-hmm. So where parents are uh, using the equity in their home through a reverse mortgage or a home equity line of credit mm-hmm. to maintain their, uh, maintain their retirement lifestyle. And conversely, we do see, on the other hand, elderly parents that are gifting too much. Mm-hmm. Right, so now they're gifting. They're gifting money while they're alive, yeah. and we actually have to rein them in a bit and say, "Wait a minute, you know, uh, there's a number probably that could work, but we've got to be careful that you've left enough for yourselves mm-hmm. as well." Um, mistake uh, number 
four, I think it is, is in ignoring insurance. Mm-hmm. Ignoring insurance. You know, the older we get, the risk of getting a disability, the risk of having a critical illness, a heart attack, stroke, cancer, the the need, um, a long-term care need, whether it's a, a physical or mobility issue or a mental uh, incapacity, uh, all of those are in situations which can provide some protection through insurance. And when you think about retirement, you know, you've built up money and if you think about all that money in a silo, and now you're going to open the valve at the bottom and start taking money out. Well, suddenly, if you have a healthcare crisis, um, a stroke that requires a lot of intervention in terms of treatments, et cetera, a heart attack, uh, Alzheimer's, you have to open two or three other valves right. in your silo mm-hmm. to pay for those things. Now, suddenly, your retirement silo is draining quicker than you ever imagined. A long-term care cost is easily you know, forty to $60,000 a year, depending on the level of comfort and how many years. So insurance provides an extra silo that you can tap into to pay for those costs so you don't have to touch your retirement resources. And, um, you know, so I think retirement savings, as I said, is sort of considered a current expense for a future benefit. Mm. And if we keep thinking about it as a current expense for a future benefit and as an excuse to not do it, then we run into the risks as we've talked about here. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now, leave a message at 905-529-7165. And check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Also there, you can ask a question via the listener inquiry button and, of course, listen to old archive shows. We're coming right back. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox are here. They're from Investors Group Financial Services, Inc. You can call now and leave a message. They will return your call at 905-529-7165. And don't forget to check out their website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. We're going to learn how not to make a $20,000 mistake. Yeah, keep away from that $20,000 mistake. And as parents, I think there's a lot of us that might have made this mistake. Mm. And what that is, is having your kids go to that first year of university or college in the wrong program. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've heard a few that have done that. Okay. It's like, I think I'll just take that English BA or whatever they want to take. And it, uh, after one year, says, you know what? I really don't like that. And I don't think there's any jobs in that. But what they end up doing is paying for tuition, books, living expenses, and everything else works out to about $20,000. Sure. So as opposed to maybe stepping back and thinking, what do I really want to do? In fact, sometimes that might be taking that victory lap. Right, right. Which is a lot cheaper than the $20,000 mistake. Right. They're actually suggesting now that you may want to look at a fifth fifth year contingency fund for that mistake. Wow. So when you're looking at education planning... I'd say that's the kid's responsibility. (laughs) 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 So when you're looking at education, it may not be four years, it might be five years. Right. Um, Because, and there's so many doing that. And it's so, it's not an easy thing. Don't get me wrong. This is not easy to try to figure out. You're out of high school, you're a year earlier than you were. I know, it's even more difficult. Okay, we had grade 13 in our days. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what do we want to do? And this is where your good guidance counselors taking the personality test, looking what jobs do they expect there be in five years. Yeah. In fact, there's a great um, database in the Canadian Business Magazine that produces every year the top 
list of the 100 jobs mm. that are expected to be there in five years. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I just happen to do the top 20, and I'll break it down to, say, I'll do the 20th. First of all, the 20th, I found it interesting, considering we were talking about um, deferred benefit plans and uh, pension benefits, was police and firefighters. Yeah, makes mm. sense. Okay. They're, the, they're tied for 20th, both of those. Uh, median salaries are 84000 for the police and seventy nine for the firefighters. Um, their salary growth has been fifteen thousand, fifteen percent a year. I'm oh, sorry, fifteen percent over the last six years, right. which is basically inflation. Nothing great there. The number ten. Now this is. I went through ten through number one, and let's go through these. It's kind of interesting. Elevator mechanic. Okay, they make about eighty four thousand years a median, and they've had a ninety four percent increase of the need of those in the last six years. Lots of need from elevator That's mechanics. Possi- All those condos. Or mm-hmm. possibly the odd elevators going in houses now as the aging population. Yeah, that's Possibly. another point, yeah. Number nine. It's the acorn stair lift. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, those two. That's what it is, Eric. That <laughs> commercial hasn't things. changed for 25 no, years. No, it hasn't. Neither of the people. You, you need an elevator <laughs> mechanic. Per- perhaps they've already passed. I think you're right. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Don. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Uh, lawyer happened to be number nine. Make about 88000 a year. Not as much as a lot of people think on that's average. That's interesting, okay. yeah. Um, and again... Um, their their average increase in pay has only been 10% over the last six years, not even keeping up with inflation. And uh, That's because there's so many of them. There is. Um, but there has been a 12% more demand in the last six years. Really? So it's still a growing area. Mm-hmm. Economic development director. Looking on where we're going to have economic development within your cities, they make 114000 on average. Mm-hmm. And there's been a 12% increase in pay, basically keeping up with inflation. However declining role. There's actually less of those now than there was six years ago. Hmm. Okay. Real estate manager. With all the real estate boom we've just had, yeah. um, they're av- now looking after this real estate because a lot of uh, secondary and third and rental properties, $103,000 their average income. Mm-hmm. There's been a, a 29% increase in their pay in the last six years. Yeah. But they did say a, a drop in the old real estate market could totally change that. Everything, yeah. yeah. A telecommunication manager. Certainly telecommunications has been a growing area for the last probably 20 years, since cell phones really. And they average 86,000 a year. Um, Not a ton of, still growing industry, 5% growth in the last six years. And the pays have gone up with inflation. Um, Interesting one here is a utilities manager. Hmm. Um, Working on hydro or anything like that. 112,000 a year, Mm -hmm. pretty good pay. Um, their pay's gone up by 20% in the last six years, and they're still growing. They're still growing more of those jobs. Big one here, pipe fitting supervisor. Not only if you're a pipe fitter, good for you. You're, um, trades people do very well, by the way, yeah. period. But if you start to supervise trades people, they're making 89000 a year with a 39% increase in the number of jobs in that area hmm. in the last six years. Mining and forestry. If you want to go out west or maybe in northern Ontario, they're making 100 grand a year, 39% increase in the number of jobs in that area. Mm-hmm. Lots of growth there. Nurse practitioner. Now, Andy might know a little bit about that with his wife kind of in that business. Mm-hmm. It's There's that kind of between the nurse and the doctor right. where mm-hmm. they can prescribe and do a few things. Now, yeah. they, they're in, in between. They're making about 84000 a year. Um, hasn't been growing much lately. They had a 19% increase in their pay in the last six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kind of capped out. The number one... Number one job in, for, in the foreseeable future is the public administrator director. And again, a government job looking after government. Government looking after government. Really? Can you believe this? Okay. Cross that one off. It is unbelievable. 
106,000 wow. they make, 17% increase in pay. And That's a government administrator. Right. Basically. Exactly. And 39% increase in the number of jobs in that area. What does it say when the number one job is in the civil service? And that's why I was getting, I wanted to tie this right back to the start of my show here is that, and you said this before the summer, how how many people are graduating now saying, I want to be a teacher. I want a Mm -hmm. guarantee. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't want to be running my my own business. Yeah, Yeah. And so many people are going that route for the security, the benefits, less work. Okay, mm-hmm. yep. they work. They don't work as many hours. Mm-hmm. More holidays, bigger pension, full benefits, and say, "This is the life." How long is that going to last, though? Well, and there was a study done. Basically, on average, two out of five dollars goes to tax. Of the, those two dollars that go to tax, one of those goes to paying the salaries mm-hmm. of the public sector. Mm. And that's a lot of money going there. So it eventually we'll probably see the yin and yang as we have in yeah. everything else. But right now. Kids, go look for that good, safe job. You get a lot of pain. It's still growing. (laughs) We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Andy Lister and Don Fox have been here from Investors Group Group Financial Services, Inc. Call them at 905-529-7165. Leave a message. They will return your call. And don't forget to check out the website at andyanddon.com. That's andyanddon.com. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Thanks, Scott.